Hey, it's John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and it's The Entrepreneurial You, the show for dedicated and passionate Caribbean entrepreneurs seeking daily inspiration, brought to you by author, speaker, and award-winning entrepreneur, Henneka Watkins-Porter. You must be prepared to ignite. We needed to raise capital, but our experience with local financial institutions was that they were cautious and slow to act, and interest rates were far too high. We had real concerns about financing our business through outside equity investors and the possibility of interference. Could we get a fair valuation for our business? We had our own ideas about the business and its value. Should I go the traditional route of bank financing or should I try the Jamaica Stock Exchange? So we made a call and experienced transformation of our business through conversations. I'm John Mafood, CEO of Jamaican Teas, and we're listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Give us a call today at 876-967-3271 to begin your transformation through conversation. We want to see your company listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Coming up on this episode of The Entrepreneurial You. Obviously, one, communication is key, right? If you can't communicate your intent, your envision, what you want achieved, it's going to fall apart. The other thing is being present, being seen. You got to be able to show that you can do whatever it is that you you demand your people. And I went extremely far with this. So when I, when I was that transport platoon commander, my job is to drive vehicles. It's not to drive, get in a truck and drive the truck. But I did. I got into every piece of vehicle, increased uh, equipment that we owned and I operated. Why? So that I had an understanding of what my guys would go through on a daily basis when they were operating that equipment. How, how difficult is it to actually move a, a semi, a tractor trailer that has a tank loaded onto the back of it? How difficult is it to load, a, a, you know, move a bus, a refueling truck, a up here in Canada, a snow plow, right? How difficult are those tasks to actually achieve? So that gives me actually a greater fidelity when people come to me like, oh, we need this piece of equipment for this reason. I actually understand quicker. And then that shortens those timelines. Hello, 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 my peak performance. How are you doing today? It's episode 144 of the Entrepreneurial You podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Of course, I'm Henneke Watkins-Porter. Today's episode is with Scott McCarthy. Scott's leadership journey started when he was young and had the drive to take control of everything that needed to be planned. Transferring these skills to the Canadian Army, Scott enrolled as a logistics officer in 2001 when he was selected to attend the prestigious Royal Military College of Canada. Woohoo! At the age of 24, Scott commanded an army transport platoon comprising of over eight of over 80 soldiers. At 33, he was selected to command a logistics squadron of 200 members. In 2009, Scott was deployed to Kandahar, Afghanistan, where he was selected to help train, mentor, and coach members of the Afghan National Army. So, of course, I'm truly looking forward to have this conversation on why leadership matters. Welcome, Scott. Hey, thanks for having me on here. It's great. It's an honor to be here. Absolutely, absolutely. Have you ever had any Jamaican food? I've actually been to Jamaica. Oh, you have? What did you have while you were here? 
Uh, I was only there for a day because it was a cruise. It was a stop at Montego Bay for mm-hmm. a cruise, but uh, I definitely had some jerk chicken. I know that. And I'm pretty sure we brought some spice back. And of course, we had to bring back some rum, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> the good old white rum. Yay. All right. So I am glad. You know, so many of my guests, I'm, I'm finding they're having, you know, these one-day stopovers because they're coming on cruises here. So next time you all come, you need to touch base with me so that we can connect in person, right? Absolutely. And who knows? Um, we actually have a... Um what we refer to as operational support hub there in Jamaica. And from time to time, logistics guys like myself go down for a few weeks to a month at a time. And maybe one day I'll be one of those guys that gets to go and stay at Jamaica to take care of that place. And then we can meet up for a bit longer. Yeah. Have some rum, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> maybe if I'm alive, too. Yeah, we don't yeah. know. Oh, OK. All right. <laughs> so um, normally I opened with a quote and I didn't open with one this time, but I want to start i want not well not start because clearly i've already started but i want to go back and 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 to say this that every time you have to speak you are auditioning for leadership and that's a quote by james humes what do you think about that yep i couldn't agree with it more every time you're speaking in front of people you are auditioning for leadership because you're you're essentially trying to build either build or gain credibility and that your credibility can either gain more or loss based off your speak and credibility is the cornerstone of leadership if you don't have credibility people aren't going to follow you. Mm-hmm. But if you do have a credibility in what you say, then people are going to look towards following you. And if once you get people that are following you, you end up leading them and being able to impact their lives, make things better, more meaningful, etc. So yeah, totally agree with that statement. And how does one go about um, gaining credibility? Doing the right things, following up and doing what you say you're going to be doing, not actually taking advantage of situations for your own benefit, but the benefit of those that you're, you are leading. Mm -hmm. That is the main way that you gain credibility. If you can't follow up with something that you said you're going to do, then you have to explain why. So people understand. And for legitimate reasons, not because you didn't feel like you're doing it, because if you couldn't do something, it's because you didn't, you do, you lack the ability to do something legitimately. So you keep following up with this. The integrity piece has to be there so that you can build your credibility. Mm-hmm. So integrity matters. And um, in the intro, I talked about, you know, whenever things from an early age, when things needed to be planned, you are the one planning and, and going about that. When did you know and recognize that you are in fact a leader and, and even consider yourself using, you know, using that title with your name? That's a that's a interesting question. Actually, I never had that one uh, given to me. I think the drive was always there when I actually recognized myself as a leader to others. I don't know um, if I ever have per se. I, obviously, I do now because I'm on podcasts about it and I've commanded you know 200 soldiers and so on. But I think a leader just doesn't need to necessarily know that they're a leader. They just know that people are following what they, what they're asking from them. They know that things are getting better. They're supporting their people. And that's really the main thing, right? It's not about you, the leader. It's actually about your people, taking care of your people, making their lives better, enabling them to do the jobs that they're actually there to do on your behalf. You focus on those things. Don't focus on when you know you're a leader or not, or if you're a leader, because if you start going down that route, start second guessing yourself and, and then you actually are hindering what you're trying to do in the first place, right? Because you're more worried about yourself than your people. Like, Oh, am I a leader? Are they following me? Are they listening to me? Et cetera, et cetera. Like, no, look at them, 
look at what they're doing. Are they doing what you're asking them to do or, you know, trying to influence them to do? Yes. Okay. Keep doing that. If not, then that find out why, why are you not? Is it your communication style? Is it your leadership style? Is it this? Is it that? But don't sit there and like go, Oh, am I a leader? Is, is, are, are people following me? Because uh, I think you'd actually go down a rabbit hole. I think I can draw from personal experience here. From an early age, I, you know, I have been, well, I wouldn't say of an early age, but from a very long time, I have been called a leader and I feel like a leader. I, you know, I, I act in those, in those capacities, in, in those roles. Mm-hmm. But there are instances where, where for different groups, I am portrayed a different way and a different type of leader although I am the same person. Now, I get very impatient with one mm-hmm. particular group of people, right? And and they've known me to be this impatient person. And so it drastically improves my success rate with this group. And I'm putting me on the line, and this is a true story. How, how do I um, advance and, and get that stereotypical view that is had of me to change so that I can be be, um, be more influential with this group. That's a really great question. I actually like what you're, how you kind of framed it at the beginning and talking about leadership styles. And then often I get the question is, you know, what's the best leadership style? I'll tell, I'll tell everybody, all of them and none of them, because you can't have the same leadership style for every single situation and every single group of people. So it's actually a good thing that you change from group to group. Now, how can you do, go about being more influential with a certain group? Because you end up defaulting to a certain leadership style that may or may not actually work. Well, you know what? Change it up. Try it out or talk to the people in the group. You know, there should be one person in there that you know you can trust. 99% of the time, there's always that one person that you know you can trust. And that person will tell you exactly what's on their mind. There's always someone out there like that. Take that person off to the side and say, okay, why is this not getting through to you, the group? What, what's what's going on here? And you might find out that maybe it's not even you. It could be someone that's actually hindering what you're trying to achieve or what you're saying or the, the way that you're communicating to them isn't resonating with them. You're like, okay, well, if it's not commun- if communication is the problem, what I'm saying isn't resonating with them. Okay, I just need to shift that, shift my message a bit and see if that works. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's a bit better. Let's shift it, change a little bit more and see if this way works. Maybe I got to go in a little less authoritarian and a little bit more cooperative. And like, okay, but still you kind of lead them, right? Like, hey guys, I was thinking we have this problem. Here's some potential solutions. Here's some advantages, disadvantages to them all. This is what kind of, what do you think without even letting them know what you, you've already have in your mind, what you want to do. And you kind of gear them towards the solution. That's one way of doing things. So if you just try to change things up a little bit, you may see that your influence may grow. And then you know now, okay, this is a style I need to employ with this group, with this situation. This is a style I need to employ with that group, with that situation. And this is a style I need to, you know, go with on a normal day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you're absolutely right. And, um, you know, having that conversation, because conversation usually shift things. And even just quite recently, just a particular member of one of those, um, the group that I'm referring to, I simply had a conversation with one of the members recently who I, and like you said, find that person, right? Had this conversation and I recognize that both of us had this major misunderstanding. She's thinking one thing, I'm thinking something else and there's a disconnect, right? And so this is very clear to me that in leadership, communication is is vital 
in what are what are some of the instances that you've seen in your own um, leading of all these soldiers uh, where communication has played a major role? So I'll, I'll talk about two, I guess, and mm-hmm. kind of one piggybacks off of what you're talking about there. I find whenever I'm not getting what I'm looking for, 95% of the times because I'm not actually articulating what I want clearly enough for the people to understand what I'm saying. So whenever I get what I get something that I'm not looking for, I go back, I re-engineer. I'm like, okay, was I actually clear? And sometimes I'll even ask the people, I'm like, what did you understand from my, you know, my task or my direction or whatever? And they'll re-engineer it for me. Like, okay, obviously that was not what I was talking about because this is not what I'm looking for, right? So then it's like, I need to explain it differently to you so that you understand what is in my head. Ninety-five percent of the time, that is what happens. The other times, often what you see is the telephone game, right? There as little school kids. We sit in a little room. I don't know if you played this in Jamaica. We did up here in Canada. You sit in a room. The teacher's on one end. Everybody sits in a circle. All the kids sit in a circle. And the teacher whispers one thing in the student's ears like, I like I like peanut butter. And it goes right around the room. Every, every student just one time whispers into their next person's ear. You know, the saying that was said. By the time you get around to the other side, it's like uh, Santa Claus is the greatest thing since sliced bread or something, you know, really completely different. I right? know. Telephone. We call it telephone. <laughs> yeah, that telephone game where, yeah, you, you're speaking. And by the right. time that you end up to at that end, you realize, oh, my gosh, completely different. That was never the intention. That was never said. <laughs> Right. So that that occurs in organizations and the bigger they are, the deeper they go, i.e. the width and the span of the organizations, the more that that happens because people take what they're understanding, what you're saying, take their spin and push that out. Well, that can that, you know, expensiates every single time Mm -hmm. gets more and more. So how do you combat that? Right. That's the biggest thing. How do you go around that? You get out of your office, you get out behind your desk, you go walk around, you see your people at the ground level and see if they're actually getting what you're telling your most you know, your direct reports and see if that information is actually flowing down. Is it not flowing down at all or is it going through the telephone game? And that's how you combat that. You get out and you see like, wait, now, so you didn't hear we're having a company party on the 20th at all? Like, no. No, no, no one's talking about that. Okay, that's obviously communication that's being blocked somewhere. Where is that communication getting blocked as your next question? Yeah, there's some kind of get-together on the 20th around noon. Okay, it's a company get-together. It's not around noon. It's going to be at supper time. You know, we're going to have a big dinner and whatever and party. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, the telephone gains in, in effect. So you're like, clarify, go back, reaffirm the message that that got misconstrued. Tell people like, no, this is what's being said incorrect this is the actual ground truth make sure everybody knows mm-hmm. well so you've spent a couple of years um in the army and i'm sure you've had story you can give me stories for days right you've had so many interesting stories i'm sure because a life like that is, is very colorful um some days you're you're bold some days you don't feel bold and i'd like to go into your headspace a bit and in your heart um scott as it were, and share some moments with me, a moment or two when you know you had to be brave and you had to be strong for those people that you're leading, but you just didn't feel like being that person. That's a really great question. And reflecting on it right now, I can't think of a specific one off the top of my head because of all the times, you know, yes, I've had rough days or not good days, but I always put the onus on myself. If I don't step up to do my job, you know, 
at the at my peak thus far, I'm impacting 200 lives, mm. and I have to get past that. I have to worry about 200 lives. It's not about me. It's about 200 people. Absolutely, but and it's about the mission mission success of the organization, right? So right. you kind of get past that. Well, I know you do. I mean, naturally, you have to because you're a professional. And that's what mm-hmm. you do. But you've never had those instances where, like, for me, it, it is what I do. I do coaching, and I um, I mentor people, and mm-hmm. I, I'm always I'm always gonna get past my feelings because feelings lie. You know, your your feelings will lie to you. your emotions will lie to you, and you know the right. reality. The reality is that you gotta step up to the plate, and you've got to do what you're doing, what you what you're called to do. But frankly speaking for me there have been days when i don't feel like doing even as purposeful as i consider it to be but there are those days when you'd rather be in bed you know for example but it's fine that you've been able to push past your feelings at all times and consider and truly that's the job of a leader it's really never about you it's about the people that you're leading and and um whenever we feel and, and find that you know we're it's about us and we're getting too too deeply involved with our emotions and stuff it is time i believe to take a step back right um but another thing i want to ask you about the army as a leader um and 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 drive home for me if you will some of the leadership lessons that you that you think that the army taught you obviously one communication is key right if you can't communicate your intent your envision yeah, what you want achieved is going to fall apart. And we, we kind of hit of that. The other thing is uh, being present. I kind of hit of that too, right? Getting out, being seen. You got to be able to show that you can do whatever it is that you you demand your people. And I went extremely far with this. So when I, when I was that transport platoon commander, my job is to drive vehicles. It's not to drive, get in a truck and drive the truck. But I did. I got into every piece of vehicle, uh, piece of equipment that we owned and I operated. Why? So that I had an understanding of what my guys would go through on a daily basis when they were operating that equipment. How, how difficult is it to actually move a, a semi, a tractor trailer that has a tank loaded onto the back of it? How difficult is it to load, a, a, you know, move a bus, a refueling truck, a, a um, up here in Canada, a snow plow, right? How difficult are those tasks to actually achieve? So that gives me actually a greater fidelity when people come to me like, oh, we need this piece of equipment for this reason. I actually understand quicker. And then that shortens those timelines. So actually getting out, being present, have an understanding of what your people do. Best intentions for your people at all times, putting them first. We always say soldiers eat first in the army, right? And we go literally to that point where where we were meals, the highest ranked person often waits till the very end to Mm -hmm. eat. So that the soldiers you mean actually eat get, last, right? Eat last. Yeah, 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 yeah. Soldiers eat first. You eat last. Okay. Whatever, which, whichever way you want to spin okay, it. Okay. Right. So you know you're just taking care of them. You're, you're taking care of their best interests. Why? Because they're the ones that achieve what it is that you need achieved on your behalf. So those are some of the crucial lessons for sure of leadership that I've learned. How long you've been in the in the army? Uh, eighteen years now. Eight, eighteen years. What what is the most um, outstanding, you know, that experience that has stood out for you the most um, since you've been a part of the Army? Uh, my deployment to Kandahar absolutely has uh, been one of them for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, spending seven months helping train a mentor another nation's army, that's that, that was a huge, uh, huge honor in a, in, in a war-torn country. And seeing, you know, seeing some results, seeing those soldiers being able to operate at a higher level, mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely crucial. Uh, another job I worked... 
and uh, and we sent uh, we deployed forces to Nepal after the 2015 uh, earthquake, and I helped on the back end of planning, organizing um, the loading of equipment onto our cargo airplanes. Uh, helping execute a evacuation operation for Canadians that were stuck over there after that earthquake mm-hmm. occurred and all the buildings were destroyed. You know, those, those are experiences that, that just kind of stick out amongst, you know, so many more that I could have a full podcast episode on. <laughs> I am sure. Very colorful lifestyle. No, you've mentioned, you know, alluded to the fact that, You've got to you you've you got to test those cars. You got to go in and those trucks and see what the soldiers are going to be um to be involved in, so that you have a you have an experience like you you have and that's what empathy is walking a mile in somebody else's shoe. So you're not being that um you know that that tour guide that sends somebody on um well you're actually being a tour guide rather than than a um somebody who's mm-hmm. going to sit into their office and send somebody out somewhere so how important is that to walk the mile in somebody else's shoe as a leader as it were to you uh it, it like I've, I've discussed a bit it's crucial so you have an understanding what they go through so if you're like a sales manager actually going on the sales calls going on a sales route if they're door-to-door whatever mm-hmm. so you have an understanding so that you can shorten your decision cycle to make decisions you know more clearly quicker and with and if actually being able to prioritize better. Um, it gives you credibility because mm-hmm. now you're in charge of the team. Now you've been in their shoes. You have credibility with those people because you've shown that when you've taken interest to, you've done what they what they do mm-hmm. so that you that you have an understanding. And people talk, right? So if you go ahead and you do this with, you know, say half your team, well, the other one half is going to talk to the other half and you're going to hear. And that's still going to build your credibility if you can't get it with every single person. So those are the major ones. And like I said, credibility is a cornerstone in leadership. So once you build your credibility and showing people that you understand what they go through on a daily basis, and then you can go ahead and put their interests first and enabling them to do their job better, more effectively, more efficiently, inspire them because they're having that down day and you've been through their shoes and you say, listen, I understand what you mean. You know, look at it this way, this, this context, motivate them, then you can that's how you build your, your leadership influence even more. Mm-hmm. And of course, this podcast episode, I'm entitling, I'm titling Why Leadership Matters. And I'm going to just throw that at you. Why does leadership matter, really? I'll, I'll throw a quote back at you just to wrap <laughs> this up, I guess. Uh, John C. Maxwell said, everything rises and falls on leadership. So leadership matters because if, if you don't have it, mm-hmm. your organization, whatever that organization may be, maybe it's a big multinational business, maybe it's home and everything in between, it's going to fall if you don't execute leadership. So that's mm-hmm. why it matters. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to ask you at this time, Scott, I'm sure you have some final thoughts that perhaps I didn't get to ask you in the question, you know, while we're doing um, our conversation or interview. So if there's anything, any final thoughts that you have that you want to wrap up for us, go right ahead and share um, to to inspire my community to become better leaders. So it doesn't matter where you're at in an organization, doesn't matter what type of organization you are, we all need leadership in our lives to make each other's lives better. It has been such a pleasure, Scott McCarthy, having this conversation with you, a necessary conversation. We all need to be better leaders. We all need to aspire to be and to lead in whatever sphere of influence that we find ourselves. Now, how might my community get in touch with you? 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I have my own podcast. I have my own groups. So if you just search uh, Moving Forward Leadership on Facebook, you'll find uh, my page and my group. If you go to movingforwardleadership.com is the website. That's where my podcast uh, show notes are. You can find me on any uh, podcast player out there. And uh, if you go to movingforwardleadership.com forward slash subscribe, that's where you can actually directly subscribe to the podcast. Now, for your listeners, free gift, of course. Uh, if you go to movingforwardleadership.com forward slash download, you're going to get two chapters of my uh, ebook, The Nine Foundations of Leadership. So the first two chapters there for free. You just sign up and it will be emailed directly to your inbox. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for that. We love free stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> and my peak performers, I thank you so much, so much for tuning into this episode with Scott McCarthy. I look forward to connecting with you next week. In the meantime, of course, I'm inviting you to join me for one-on-one coaching to create a strategic advantage to drive your business or to improve your personal life and to have professional breakthroughs. Coaching with me will move you from stuck to unstuck. And if you are interested to sign up, just visit hennikawatkiscourse.com. Send me a WhatsApp message right on my website, letting me know that you are interested in having me coach you. I'll be happy to work with you. Remember, you were born to win, but to be a winner, you must plan to win, prepare to win, and expect to win. What good 